0: to the Reputation Capital podcast.
1: It's a capital pleasure to be here with Randy Baker. And I love being on these podcasts with Dr. Kent because we get to travel vicariously through Zoom. And today we travel all the way to Gulfport, Mississippi. And don't ask me to spell Mississippi. I love it too. If, you know, where I grew up personally in Louisiana, they would say Mississippi.
0: So it's Seppy. almost like they, they just cut one of the isses out of there.
1: <laughs> it's like in uh, Texas, they call it Santone, not San Antonio, exactly. Santone.
0: All of that said, we had a really fun, meaningful, special talk with our guest today and her voice is like, I don't know, butter
1: on bread, just really calm and really wonderful. It's like, you know, when you get that fresh bread out of the oven and it's still steaming and hot and the butter's just melting into it Mm. and how you take that first bite through the the crunchy outside and you just want to hear more. You want to taste more. Well, with Charlotte, you just want to hear more. This is remarkable. So, listeners, please stay tuned. Listen to our talk with Charlotte E. Terrell and um, we'll talk to you again on the other side.
0: nice to talk with you charlotte i think um well we got to start with that you said you've got some strong drink there and since people (laughs) since people can't see you it's it's water everybody it's
2: (laughs) It's not vodka or anything else
0: (laughs) so and speaking of water now i got to figure out something that connects to water well what is clear in your world and your path going forward what's clear to you
2: Seriously, if nothing else, during the pandemic, I mean, before, of course, but during the pandemic, I have really come to know actually two things. The most important thing is continuing to trust in God. If you believe in God, then by all means, trust him because he protects us and he shows us the way that we need to go. But the second thing for me is connectivity with humans. You know, we're all online, we're on these screens most of the day these days and you know, really being able to connect and have that human contact is so important. Just a smile sometimes, an inflection in your voice. People really need to hear that. Even going out into, I feel like it's the end of days out there, but even going out, wearing your mask or, or not wearing a mask, but people can see a smile. They can feel a smile, whether it's behind a mask or not. So sharing a smile, sharing a look of, I know, girl, I'm going through the same thing, you know, all of that are the things that I have learned, and that's clear to me now like never before.
0: I'm curious about the um, the techniques for smiling with a mask on. It is so tricky. It I mean, is. You got your eyebrows, you got like kind of a crinkle the eye. Yeah. <laughs> you got to <Yeah>. like practice.
2: <laughs> right. Because right. right. when
0: you smile at somebody in the store, they think you're just looking funny at him. Right, you know?
2: <laughs> right. Just like, what is he looking at? Why is he looking yeah. at me? Right.
1: I, I'm i going to, Charlotte, I'm going to do what Kent normally does. Um,
2: okay.
1: So I'm going to describe where you're sitting. And over your left shoulder, there's a, a bookcase, and you have what looks like family photographs in yes. it. Yes. Is that your mother and father at the top there?
2: Yes. Behind them are my... Maternal grandparents who uh-huh. are both deceased. And behind me is my mom, who actually is visiting with me right now. She's asleep. Oh, nice. <laughs> but my father is also behind me, and I lost him in uh, October. Actually, he died um, due to complications with COVID-19. Oh,
1: I'm sorry to hear that. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. I
2: miss yeah. him every day, but he's over my shoulder looking at me.
1: Right. So clearly your family had a huge impact. Oh, yeah on you and your life growing up. Yes. Can you talk to us about how that impact they had on you has brought you to doing the work you're doing now?
2: Both of my parents, I would describe them actually both as social workers. My dad was a unique character in that. He was kind of an introvert. He had a B personality, but he really liked to see people in their in their um, expertise, in their area of expertise, or see them functioning at their highest level, or see them, he wanted to help them get their needs met. You know, he's the guy that somebody has a seizure. I, I mean, I literally remember an incident where he and I were at the original Pancake House in Flint, Michigan, having breakfast. We were about to catch a flight somewhere. And this guy had a seizure and my dad got up and he was you know asking him if he was okay and he summoned for help and all of that stuff so he was that guy you know he wanted to make sure that people had what they needed my mom is a retired vocal music um instructor high school level and she is continuing to do consulting but she was a social worker too and still is because many of her students from age 12 to now a lot of them are in their 40s 50s and 60s still contact her because it wasn't just about the music for her for her it was about relationships it was about character integrity and developing those things so with both of those two guys I was the only child (laughs) and um with my mom, the, the students became my brothers and sisters, even though I have no real blood brothers and sisters. But, I mean, like I said, I talk to them all the time. I just had dinner with one on Sunday. She's 56 now. She was 12 years old or or maybe a little bit younger when my mom met her. But because of the types of relationships that I saw my parents develop and the the character that they have had and the love that they just had for humans that's what really catapulted me into what I'm doing now besides i wasn't that good in math and so i said well let me do something that doesn't require a lot of- <laughs> a lot of math <laughs> so i said well the human service field i could do that so actually um i went into it you know seriously for those reasons cuz my parents i saw what my parents did and their care for people
0: what a what a remarkable story and really really moves me to to hear about your dad, and you know, it breaks my heart. But at the same time, you just you just really gave a wonderful description of who he was. Mm-hmm. So I feel that I hear it. What a special thing! And your mom, yes, who she deserves that sleep if she's given that much love to that many yes. people for.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: But in terms of you, it sounds like it sounds like you grew up and there was just no choice but to help people.
2: It really wasn't. I mean, it was just something innately in me that I just felt like my purpose here is to make a difference in the lives of people, a positive difference, whether it's making them laugh or being a shoulder to cry on or a listening ear. Those are just the things that I felt that I could do and I did them well. In those students that my mom brought home, my dad taught for a while. So there were students that he brought home sometimes or that I connected with. But they would talk to me. Even as a young child, they would talk to me, share really, you know, important teenage issues, whatever important issues teenagers have. <laughs> but they were big deals to them, and I would listen to them and maybe provide them with advice if I had any. But mostly be in a listening ear, showing them support, showing them compassion. And because of that, it just kind of was something that... I wasn't asked, are you going to college? I was asked, what college are you going to? And then the second question was, what is your major going to be? And when asked that, I said, well, it'll either be psychology or social work, because that's really what I'm going to do. And that's what happened.
1: So correct me if I'm wrong, you're in the Detroit area. Are you still in, in Flint? or is that- My
2: mom and I relocated to Detroit from Flint mm-hmm. in 1990. I am actually living in, believe it or not, Gulfport, Mississippi now oh, wow. with my husband. My um, Those grandparents, those maternal grandparents lived here. And so a lot of my mother's family is here. And my husband is a Mississippi boy. He said he would never come back to Mississippi, but I got him to move here. So there's something about me that influences people.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that is interesting because you've gone from the north.
2: Michigan, right. To To the the south. south. Yep.
1: And they're very different, not just climate-wise, but culturally they're very, very different.
2: Yes, very different.
1: How have you dealt with that transition?
2: I have always had, I mean, I I like the hustle of the north and the, you know, get things done and we're staunch and we're hard-nosed or whatever, but I've always had a southern spirit where, you know, I love on you, I want to feed you and all of that and, I felt right at home in in the South and actually have lived in the South. My mom is still in Detroit, but my husband and I lived in Atlanta. We met in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Then we moved to Texas. We lived in Arlington for a while. Mm -hmm. And this is our final place, unless God says something different. Gulfport, Mississippi.
0: I understand a little bit of that sort of multi-locationness. I grew up in grew <laughs> well, up in Minnesota and Louisiana. My best friend calls
2: us gypsies.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's something to it. And one of the neat things about it is that you get you get you keep you keep good friends, but you get a chance to retake, you, you find new people, you develop yes. new parts of yourself. It's it's kind of an interesting I guess maybe it's something that wandering gypsies and and uh, all those <laughs> folks are good at, you know, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so let's take that to kind of say you then can work with just about anybody, I imagine. So who is it you kind of go after? What kind of work are you doing and how are you scaling it? What's the, what's the plan?
2: I am making connections and I'm working currently with professionals because I think that that is to some degree an untouched area because many professionals, particularly leaders, are in a position where they're the leaders. They're the ones that are supposed to be the rock. They're supposed to lay the foundation. They're the ones that everybody looks up to, but they have nowhere to pour into. They have nobody to run things by because they're supposed to have all of the answers. And it's lonely at the top. And so people in those high-profile, highly professional positions are the ones that I target, although, you know, that I'm not relegated to just those people. Those are the people that I want to touch because I know that those people need people. And that's proven by the jobs that I've had where my supervisors would come to my office and say, you need a couch in here. (laughs) I like to come in here and hide and I like to come talk to you. So, (laughs) so So that's the Southern,
0: the Southern spirit thing that you said earlier, the, the calm. Yes. Which is something that musicians have. So your mom is yes. that vocal teacher. I your see dad is you the guitar.
2: And, yeah, and they both sing. My mom sings, and my dad sang. So it's in the blood. Mm-hmm. There's
0: space, and I think I don't know. It's old as humans. The call and response. Right. Yes. We've always had the call and response. Do you listen? Do you respond? Right. Do you? So mm-hmm. the there's something to you that you haven't kind of put into words, which is interesting. Because I could say the word coach, or I could say the word mentor I could say the word trainer Mm -hmm. but what's interesting is there's something else almost like that what that sixth uh, um, what's it called umami that we don't talk about in the west or whatever like there's there's something else that nobody is really able to talk about themselves you have it which is you know if you're in the room with people hey give me a couch because we're chilling Mm -hmm. so how would you describe that sort of spider skill that you've uh, you know inherited uh, from your, your family, from, I don't know, the world, your ability to kind of give people space.
2: I would really venture to say that it's a gift. And I, I mean, from the most high. I mean, because I can't describe it any other way. I've been on a phone call with the wrong number for an hour. My mom was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> oh, wrong number. <laughs> I don't meet a stranger, and, you know, there's really no in-between. People either love me or hate me. You very seldom meet people that say, oh, yeah, Charlotte, she's all right. They're like, oh, my God, I love her, or, oh, no, I hate her. She sucks, or whatever, you know, I don't care. But um, I think it's really a gift. I think that, honestly, I've not seen very many people with the gift of the joy that I have. It's almost like a, a supernatural joy that I have, and it just exudes and it attracts a lot of different kind of people. My weakness, my downfall is trying to repel the wrong ones (laughs) because I'm so open. Everybody comes and I'm like, "Okay, come on, come on. But I really need to get into learning how to be more like my dad and being like a little bit more standoffish instead of welcoming everybody in and then, you know, regretting it later. (laughs)
0: And I love that the 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 joy that can't that just you you can't almost like the the people coming in the joy just comes in, it's yeah. sort of like that the ridiculous candle on the birthday cake. If you buy those candles and you blow yes. it out and it
2: it never it goes pops out. Right.
0: Yeah, I just blew it out. Well, there it is again. Right. right. Yeah. So the people that can't stand you are like, listen, I'm, I'm in a bad space. Stop being happy. <laughs> Stop being Generally, joyful. Generally, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm finding or, you know, whatever it is, it's them. It's not me because I don't I don't try to directly go and hurt people on purpose. You know, I'm, I'm all about love. And so if you don't like me, then there's something in you that doesn't like me. And that's fine. We can agree to disagree.
1: <laughs> on your on your website, Charlotte, you have a comment uh, in, in big letters saying your power and happiness are waiting for you.
2: Oh, yes.
1: Which is a very powerful statement. How do people, how do you encourage folk to actually believe that is true? Because particularly in the last 12, 18 months, people are are saying there's nothing waiting for me except misery.
2: Right, right. I try to help people to rediscover that power. I mean, you know, you very, I was talking to a, one of my god sisters the other day And she was just talking about seeing 10 year olds depressed now Because of what's going on But generally, you know, with children 10 and younger They don't come here depressed They don't come here with Negative thoughts and perceptions About people in the world You know, they're not pessimistic about life And the happenings You know, they're, in, they're open and, and, and they're ready To receive and they're hopeful that good things will come. Oh yeah, mom gave me cake last night, looking forward to pizza on Friday. So I just try to talk to people about, one, building on your strengths, even in the midst of all that's going on, we still have to go on. So building on those strengths, realizing that although there may be chaos around you, you have control over you and you have control over your thoughts, Although the thoughts come, you don't have to entertain them. I told my client yesterday, somebody comes to your house with a meal on a garbage pail lid. You're going to say, no, thank you. (laughs) Don't want that. Doesn't look appetizing at all. And it's the same thing with a thought. When those thoughts come, you can immediately repel those thoughts and redirect them to something else. Plan for a vacation in 2022. Look forward to your first grandchild coming. Enjoy playing with your animals. Go for a walk. So talking to people about the positive things that are happening, being thankful for those things. I call it be- living a life of thanks living. There's so much power in being thankful for what you have, the big things, the small things. You know, you may not be in a mansion, but you do have a roof over your head. You may not be eating steak and lobster, but you're eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And some people don't even have that. So, uh, you know, I'm not driving a Lexus, but I have a Tesla or, or, you know, whatever, you know. um,
0: Starting to sound like a really good song. I think Darius (laughs) Rucker has a song like this.
2: (laughs) 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 But really being thankful for what you have, not comparing yourself to other people and what they have or what you think they have, because they may not always be telling the truth. Tell yourself the truth about who you are and what you have and what you've accomplished. Take a regular inventory of those accomplishments because it's powerful to achieve things, but a lot of times we achieve it and then we move on without really taking notice and being cognizant of the fact that I did that and I've I've achieved that. And if you've done things and you've achieved one thing, Until they put you in the ground, you continue to achieve. You'll continue to evolve. So those are just some of the lessons that I teach in order to help people to hope again, to believe again, and to tap into that power. Also recognizing that a weakness is not a life sentence. You know, a weakness for me is Einstein's theory of relativity. I don't know it, don't know about it, don't care. I don't ever want to learn about it. But, you know, that's not something that's part of my purpose. And so I'm not looking to explore that. But things that I know are pertinent to me, like how to be better as a speaker on a stage. You know, I may have a great stage presence now, but always improving in that area. Those are the things that are part of my purpose. And so those are the things that I re- recommend that other people do. Things that are a part of your purpose. Know that it's not a life sentence. If you don't know it today, doesn't mean that you won't ever learn it. It's just something that it's going to evolve as you continue to explore it and find the resources connected with it that will help you to learn about it.
1: That is so good. One of the things that I have personally noticed through doing a number of these interviews is that one of the questions we often ask is something along the lines of what is an event that changed your life or or pushed you in a a certain direction? And nine times out of 10, people remember an event that was bad, that they Mm -hmm. survived and changed their way of thinking. I love the idea of being aware of the good things that had an impact. And when you talked about your parents and the impact they had on you and the way you, uh, almost from a young age, you were destined to, to end up where you are now, that's a good thing. And I love the fact that you concentrate on the good things and the things you can choose to accept in your life and not accept. And I, I love it all. So, Charlotte, we like to keep these... Uh, Interview is relatively short. I kind of don't like to have to do this because I think you're a fascinating person. I love talking with you and hearing <laughs> what you have to say, but we do have to kind of close it. But I'd love you okay. to tell us how people can reach you and who you would really like to work with this week.
2: Okay. You can reach me at Charlotte at com. If you want to get any information about me, I do have Charlotteetorell.com website, so you can reach me through that and also learn some background information about me. If you want to Google me, Google Charlotte E. Terrell, (laughs) and you'll find some of the things that I've written, some of the interviews that I've had, and um, just learn about me. But those are the two primary ways that you can reach me. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And Charlotte E. Terrell is pretty much the way that you'll find me on each of those platforms.
0: And who do you want to reach out to?
2: Oh, and the people that I want to reach out to me, I know that women like to work with women. So women, professional women, particularly in leadership and entrepreneurial positions and a few good men. I am not opposed to working with men. And I actually, as a matter of fact, am working with men right now. So professional individuals who are stuck Who are facing the imposter syndrome, (laughs) who are having difficulty finding their joy and their peace. Those are the people that I'm looking for. So come on, call me, (laughs) reach out.
0: So nice to chat with you, Charlotte, really calming. um, And it's a, you know, testament to your mom and your dad that they raised a, a really spectacular person. So thanks for spending some time with us.
2: Thank you. I've enjoyed it so much.
1: Well, Charlotte, all I can say is thank you for your time and thank you for sharing your thoughts, your ideas, and your wisdom with us. It's it's rare to find somebody who thinks in terms of joy and doesn't just talk joy but lives joy and displays joy. It's remarkable, and I, I thank you for the time you spent with us. Yeah, there there are there are those of us who um,
0: I chuckle because I'm thinking about the whack-a-mole game at the at the fair. There are those of us who get kind of clobbered with a, a thing, and then we just pop up somewhere else. <laughs> it's the, that ability to just sort of find joy, uh, wake up every morning, and say, "Wow, there's a reason to be alive today." Before we had the interview, we were talking about that poster behind you, uh, "Just as I am," and uh, really, really neat to kind of you know find somebody who is you know joyful in their own skin and um so thanks so much for chatting with us and if folks want to be joyful in their own skin i guess they can come visit us at thoughtpartnergroup.com there's a, a um assessment at the top of the page not about you know all the normal stuff that you would assess about yourself but uh Randy.
1: it takes like a minute to fill it out and it's challenging in the sense that you have to kind of think about where you stand in the business world in your industry in uh, in where you're going, but there's it's even not, a question at the end—it's like
0: you know who's going to miss you when you're gone. You know, it's yeah. a quick little one-minute assessment, but it'll
1: get you thinking. It'll get you thinking, and of course, there's always the joy of subscribing to to this podcast, so yeah. that you get the next joyful. Dopamine so. hit, dopamine hit, like you'll
0: never find anywhere else. Just yeah, just tune us in, and, and you'll feel zen state every day, or or anger, uh, or. Um, frustration or or
1: boredom, one of those. And if you're truly feeling joyful, um, leave a comment because we love hearing and reading uplifting comments. That's it. Take care. Have a good life. And bye for now.